Welcome to episode 93 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we're looking at season 4, episode 11, El Mundo Gira. The action primarily takes place in California. When originally cataloged, the IMDb user score was 7.0 out of 10. This is the first time I noticed that the score of an episode has fallen since the Fox Marathon. It's now at 6.9 out of 10. The basic plot is that a meteor hits near a community of Mexican immigrants, some of whom don't have all the legal documentation in place to actually be in California at this point, and there's something from that meteor that has caused a change in the population. Some of the locals believe that members of the community are becoming El Chupacabra. Skelly's research eventually shows that there's some sort of accelerant or catalyst that drives massive fungal growth in existing fungi on here. And a member of the community appears to be a carrier, almost like a typhoid Mary, for this fungus. This episode was directed by Tucker Gates, who also directed Hell Money back in Season 3. So there's a definite theme about focusing on migrant communities and their issues. This is his second and final episode of The X-Files that he's directed, but he's also directed a number of other TV series, including Nash Bridges, Profiler, Buffy, Angel, Roswell, Lost, and a lot more. This was written by John Scheiben. It's the third of 24 X-Files episodes that he's going to write, continuing right through the final season. He also wrote some of The Lone Gunman, some of the second season of Enterprise, Supernatural, and Breaking Bad. Now, of the guest cast, the one who's probably the most notable is Reuben Blades, who is now starring in Fear the Walking Dead, but has also appeared in Safe House, Predator 2, and Do the Right Thing. The episode as a whole was well shot, but the focus feels like it's a little too much on the community and not enough on the threat. In Hell Money, the threat to the community was very well grounded and rooted in that community. So the focus on the community made a lot of sense and felt natural. Here there's just too many scenes that don't seem to be related to the investigation, that just seem to be there to showcase the issues that the real-life communities have. So it approaches the border to getting preachy without actually crossing that line. It's entertaining enough, but just not stellar. And it is nice to have some non-conspiracy, non-monster episodes once in a while. This one, there is no intelligent force causing the problems. It's just sheer accident and circumstance. As for the new segment about the science in the episode, it's plausible to a point. It's very reasonable and, in fact, often proposed that life can travel from world to world on an asteroid or meteor. This isn't even something as complex as life. This is just a compound that's conducive to the development and growth of life. So then it's very reasonable that that would survive on a meteor. So up to that point, It all works. It's all grounded in good science. The problems come from the way it's depicted. In order to grow as rapidly, or even when it's growing off screen and we just see the final size that it grows to, we need to have that much raw material available and a way to transport it through the moss or fungus so that it can grow. You're not going to produce two kilos of moss out of thin air unless it's got two kilos worth of resources that it can convert into that moss. Now, conservation of mass and energy is a very real thing, and yet that is singular, because mass and energy are conserved as a whole through E equals mc squared. They can be converted back and forth, and that's true unless we completely misunderstand time. So this episode just doesn't work with the law of conservation of energy as we understand it. And mathematically speaking, Noether's theorem indicates that anytime we have a symmetry, so anytime we have the freedom to start measuring along one axis anywhere we want, then we're going to have a matching conservation law. So if we really believe that as the universe develops, there are different events at different points in time, but time itself is essentially the same thing at all points 
in the history of the universe, then we must have conservation of energy and mass. Similarly, the fact that we have the freedom to start measuring distances anywhere we want means we've got conservation of momentum and so forth. So if conservation of mass and energy is not valid, then there's going to be some sort of preferred time or some fundamental change in the structure of time itself as the universe evolves. And that's not something we have any experimental evidence for. Anyway, as this is an episode that has almost no future implications, and as it is being recorded during the Christmas season when we've all got a lot on our plates, that's about all we're going to have to say this week. Join us again next week as we do a special of The Springfield Files, a season eight episode of The Simpsons, which is a parody of The X-Files, and then come back in two weeks for our coverage of Leonard Betts. Suggestions and feedback can be sent to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com. This and any other shows you listen to can be reviewed on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever podcatcher you use. And finally, thank you for listening.